Well, good morning. Uh, glad you're here today. I did turn my microphone on, so sometimes I can't tell from up here if I'm on out there. Uh, but it's good to have you guys here. Uh, today, we, uh, we, we've talked about this in announcements, which we don't have any announcements today. Um, but we've talked about setting a day aside to celebrate. And uh, culture is the normal way that people live. It's the normal patterns that people have for their lives. So your workplace has a culture, your family of origin has or had a culture, and uh, you have a culture. It's not just the way things are done, it's the way that you do things, the way that things are done in your life and in your circles. That is a culture, we all have one. And we are all forming it at the same time by whatever we communicate, whatever we say, whatever we demonstrate, whatever we do, and whatever we celebrate, we are forming our culture. My mentor told me that communicate, demonstrate, celebrate, that will establish and form your culture. So if you get nothing else out of that message, honestly, just remember those three, this message, remember those three words. Whatever you communicate, demonstrate, and celebrate, there's your culture. And your culture shows whatever you value. So for example, if you have a young child or if you have a young child in your life that you care about, um, you might communicate things like, hey, say please and thank you. You know, say, say please and thank you to people because I want you to be respectful and I want you to obey me. So that's communicating. And then they're going to be watching you. And if you don't actually say please and thank you, you're not, you're not doing the demonstrate piece. So you not only have to say please and thank you, but you need to model respect for them. And then when they say please and thank you, what are you going to do? Are you just going to sit back and be like, huh, well, they should do that because, you know, that's what I asked them to do. No, that doesn't work. You have to say, hey, I just saw that you were respectful of Mr. Todd over there. Good job. High five or let's go get ice cream. And, and, and you can surprise them. You're not, you're not coercing them, but surprising them with the celebration, with the reward. And celebrating is an essential part of training. So, if Dave Ramsey even says this in his financial uh, coaching, if you, if you set and meet a financial goal, you should celebrate it, right? You, sh you should splurge a little bit and enjoy something. If you, uh, if you meet a physical goal, like if you've been working out and you want to cut that mile time down 20 seconds, 30 seconds, when you do it, you should find a way to celebrate because your celebrating reinforces, reinforces that all that work that you did is worth it. It's worth the work. So this ties in to our theme. We've been going through a series on training for godliness. And our theme verse that we've recited during announcements, we're going to recite together now, which is 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. So if you guys uh, could recite this with me. Um, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So we've been reciting this verse for almost a month, and we haven't really touched on well, what is godless myths and what are old wives' tales? What is Paul referring to? And I I'm just a curious person, so I don't want... Any questions that I have, I don't like to leave them unanswered. So 
this isn't our main passage today, but I do want to touch on uh, what, what godless myths and old wives' tales are. They're misunderstandings about God and the good life that he's offering. The, the, what is the good life that God's inviting us into? It, it's not spending a lot of time on things and information that really doesn't matter. So that's godless myths and old wives' tales. It's, it's falsehoods and it's even misleading and mis, uh, misappropriate amount of time on things that don't matter that much. And I see that in contrast to what he's saying godliness and training for godliness has value. And he's saying that these other things, they, they don't really have that much value. So uh, uh, the scholars believe that godless myths and old wives' tales, it has to do with information like uh, combing through the genealogies of the Old Testament. Um, the, the scholars back in Jesus' day, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they would do that. And they would, they would try to say, oh, because we have all this information, uh, you know, we're a step up. And information is useless if you don't use it, if it doesn't transform your life. So that's godless myths and old wives' tales. And that ties in because, again, whatever we communicate, demonstrate, and celebrate, that's what we're showing we believe is valuable. So as followers of Jesus, we've got to learn his culture. And his culture can fit into every culture. On the other side of the world, it'll look different, but it's still the, the culture of King Jesus, which is shaping the follower's life. So I, I want to show you an example from the Bible today that God actually communicates, demonstrates, and celebrates as culture is established. So our example today is an Old Testament passage that talks about the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Tabernacles. You guys heard a lot of sermons on this, I imagine. It's, it's real not popular. So uh, here, here's what the Feast of Booths is. God promised to bring his people out of Egypt, and he did that. And they were in the wilderness on the brink of the promised land that he had promised to Abraham to give him and his descendants. So they're on the brink of like accepting and receiving this long time promise from God. And they send spies into the land and the spies come back. 10 of, ten of the 12 spies come back and say, the land is awesome, but the people there are giants and we are like grasshoppers in their sights. We're gonna get squashed. Let's not go in. And two spies trusted God and said, no, 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 the people are big, but our God is greater and, and we can trust him. And the people, of course, sided with the ten spies and uh, were, were afraid and they did not trust God. And so, so God said, you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And, and, and the kids, your kids that you were trying to protect from these giants, they're the ones who are going to go into the land. In the meantime, though, you're going to live as campers, lifelong campers in the wilderness in booths. But God said, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to maintain my faithfulness and hold up my promise to you. It'll just be your kids who receive it. So, so God demonstrates his faithfulness through sending manna, quail, their, their sandals and their clothes didn't wear out in all those 40 years. And after 40 years, God, you know, completes his promise and brought them into the land. And so our passage today is in Deuteronomy, which Moses is about to die. Moses is about to die. And he's giving people, God's people, these final instructions as they move into the land to remember all this history. Remember God's relationship to his people in all these generations past. And would you remember that as you move forward? It's kind of the whole point of Deuteronomy. Would you remember God's faithfulness so that it would prompt you to be faithful? 
And so one of the rules that God gave his people in Deuteronomy 16 is celebrate this feast of booths, this feast of tabernacles as a way of remembering that God was faithful to this generation in the wilderness, in the desert. And this, this feast was going to happen after you harvested, after you brought all the food in for that year. So, so here's Deuteronomy 16. I'm just going to read our passage beginning in verse 13. Moses writes, Celebrate the festival of the tabernacles, or also known as the Feast of Booths, for seven days after you've gathered the produce of your threshing floor and your wine press. Be joyful at your festival, you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, the Levites, the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns. So everybody, everybody come party. And for seven days, celebrate this festival to the Lord your God at the place the Lord will choose. For the Lord your God will bless you in all your harvest and in all the work of your hands, and your joy will be complete. Another reason for this festival was that it's tempting for the Israelites, now that they're entering in, Moses and God knew, it would be tempting for them to think, okay, now we're in this good land, and we're living this good life, and it's all because we did the work. We did the work, and, and, and look at all this stuff that we've accumulated. So God says, no, I want you to go live in, in, in tents, basically, <laughs> for a week, and remember that you have nothing apart from my grace, my activity among you. So, Quick summary, this, this passage is God inviting us to celebrate what he has done on his people's behalf, to enjoy God as you celebrate all the good gifts that he gives. And that's exactly what, we, what I want us to do today, what, what I want us to, tr- that's, what, that, that's the whole purpose of today. We want to celebrate God and the good gifts that he's given us Not to be confused that this is anything that we've done, but that this is something that God has done and is doing. The Old Testament feasts are no longer uh, directly applicable to us. Again, this is just another curiosity of, of mine. It's like, okay, so what's the relationship between God's people then and God's people now? Colossians 2 says that all these feasts that God commanded his people to keep in the Old Testament, they're a shadow of things to come, meaning they, they point ahead to Jesus. So now that we know who Jesus is, we celebrate him. So we're not trying to emulate the Feast of Booths today. I just want to be really clear. <laughs> so when you read through Deuteronomy, you don't got to think, oh, I got to celebrate the Passover. When is that? Mark that out on my calendar. I mean, if you want to, but just realize the Passover points you to Jesus. And we are commanded to celebrate him, in a sense, every day. This celebrating is an important part of our training. So, so as a church, I, I just, I just kind of got a list that I want to go through. So, um, w- what exactly are we celebrating? In a word, I'd say we're celebrating growth. And not, we don't count growth in terms of numbers of heads in this room, but internal growth, becoming more like Jesus in our character. And that character, honestly, I've seen it come out as Jesus who did not come to be served, but to serve. 
So we're, we're going to celebrate Christ working in us and through us. And so, so here's, here's my list and here's my caveat before I start my list. I don't have, uh, I'm, I'm not omniscient. I, I don't have all knowledge. So there's, this list is not exhaustive. This is just my perspective and I want, I want you to add to the list in your mind. But, but if you're not on this list, or if, frankly, if you're new here and you're like, oh, well, I've, I'm not really served here. Or, I'm, or maybe you're like, I'm not really ever served anywhere. That's okay. Just know that this is what God is inviting all of us into. All of us have a role to play. And, and God doesn't forget your work and the love that you've shown him as you help his people. So all that to say, here, here's the list. Um, Joshua Ruby, he doesn't know I'm going to put him on the spot. But uh, yeah, about two years ago, like this church isn't even two years old. And, uh, you know, we were planning and preparing to start a church. And, and uh, you know, we just don't put anyone behind the microphone here. Uh, and so I was praying, God, who, you know, we need someone to lead worship. And, and, and Joshua and I were talking and and, and it, it was really clear, God moved in both of our hearts uh, to make it really clear that you know, he's, he's the guy to, to start us off in leading worship. And I just want to say, this is really out of Joshua's comfort zone. This is, not, this is not like, oh, yeah, 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 sign me up. Like, this is not super excited. But he did it, honestly, to serve us and, and to serve Jesus. So... Uh, that, that's an answer to prayer. And Joshua, out of his faithful service there and, and elsewhere in just his life, um, he's becoming an elder, which is kind of senior leadership in our church. And uh, I just want you to know, because I think it's important for you to know who leads you or who, who, who Christ is using to lead us. Um, and, and it's an answer to prayer. It, it's God's activity in our midst. And that couldn't have happened if God didn't answer another prayer and raise up another worship leader in the form of Dean. Um, We've been praying for a number of people to step up as our kids grow up and as our children's ministry expands. And God has answered that prayer through a number of people. And again, I'm I'm not trying to lift up Joshua or lift up these people any higher than the rest of you, but just know Jesus is at work. That's, that's what I see. Uh, a couple of guys took the initiative to just totally redesign our website. We wouldn't even have a website if it wasn't for guys like that. I mean, we might, but it'd be really ugly because um, I'd have built it. Um, that, that is Christ at work through his people. All of our small group leaders this year, we had seven small groups, which if, if you're new, uh, that's who we are. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, but small groups is, is vital in our life together. You can only get so much from a sermon and, and so much from that, but the, the life-on-life relationships happen with our small groups led by trained leaders, vetted leaders, not perfect leaders. None of us here are perfect, <laughs> but leaders who know the process of making progress. Uh, there's a bunch of people, I'm just going to call them secret servants, uh, some of you clean that uh, falls in the secret servant, but I'm gonna call them secret servants because there are some people here that won't even let me tell you what they do. <laughs> uh, but they do things behind the scenes 
to bless and, and, and serve all of us. Um, everybody who engages uh, new people or people that are new to you, you're, you're making this a welcoming place. You're establishing culture. You, you're playing a part in doing that. Uh, there's a facility task force that we've talked about. I, I don't like thinking about building stuff, and I don't like doing building stuff. And the church is not a building. Can you repeat after me? The church is not a building. Thank you. So good. We'll talk more about that later this year. But the building is important. The building serves people. And this building needed some TLC. And it still needs some, some tender love and care. Um, but with this task force, there's a bunch of men who have skills and have like blessed my socks off and, and, and the socks of nursing moms-to-be and kids everywhere in the future. Uh, and, and I just got to say, that's Christ at work in us. I'm not, po- you know, building them up. I want to honor them as they're serving Jesus, though. Uh, even, even things like this. We're about to have a potluck, which if you didn't know and you didn't bring anything, just join us. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, there, there's going to be plenty of food. Uh, but after this, we're going to have a potluck. And, and we did this before where we've had, like, some uh, group-wide, like, large uh, meals, and, and we had this guy who would prepare the meals before, like the first year of the church. He just loved doing that. And then he moved, and I was like, oh, God, I'm serious, in prayer. I, I was sad, because that's the only guy I knew who did that, you know, and, you know, food brings people together. It's, it's important, uh, and then God, God answered my wimpy, wimpy prayer, um, and a couple people offered to smoke meat, and say, oh yeah, we'd be, we'd be happy to do that. So uh, if you can figure out who that is, celebrate them. Let them know you appreciate them. Uh, there's some guys this morning that picked up uh, the inflatable that hopefully will work to, you know, celebrate with our kids. Because the kids, they understand celebration better than most of us do. But let me say that again. The kids understand celebration and its role in training better than most of us so we're having an inflatable because i want them to teach me how to celebrate because that's an important part of my training for godliness and there's a whole lot more little examples like this that i'm missing actually there's one that i skipped over next month we're no longer receiving church plant money yay no more money (laughs) it is really good though because what that means is indirectly the, the, the missionary organization that's helped us get our feet under us can now use those funds to help other churches and churches that haven't yet formed get their feet under them. Um, and all of this, it's, this is a community-wide effort. This is God restoring brokenness together through his people. So as you see these things or as you see people uh, being used by God, just thank them, a- appreciate them, Cel- celebrate their faithfulness to God. And uh, all that to say is uh, if you're doing any of these things and you're, not, you're doing them out of your, the, the arm of flesh, out of your own power, I'd encourage you to either stop or just start repenting. 
Because what I don't want to do, I don't want you to hear, oh, yeah, we're doing a lot, you know, and we're good because we're doing a lot. I want you, I, I want us together to learn how to operate in the easy yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. So all this, all, the, all, the, all of my list and, and more, it's a gift from God. And I want us to acknowledge that and set aside time to acknowledge this is an answer to prayer, to specific prayers, to general prayers. It is a gift from God that we don't deserve. And uh, the last thing on my list is uh, Jordan Sutton, who is an answer to a very specific prayer, which is, God, would you bring people here that we could develop and send out to the ends of the earth? And so Jordan is the first uh, specific answer to that prayer. And we've talked about this a few months ago. Uh, many of you know Jordan. Ever since day one, he just jumped in and served and uh, just faithfully partook in what God is doing in our community. So uh, when God sends him, he's, he's sending us, really. Uh, he's, I mean, we, we all have a piece of this. And as a church, uh, we're giving a little over 3,000 each year that Jordan is going to be in the Middle East. So he's not leaving like tomorrow or next week, but I wanted to uh, celebrate God's activity before we all kind of scatter for the summer and vacations and, and all that kind of stuff. So this is a really sad part of community, but this is a really healthy and good thing uh, when God gathers us together and then he scatters us out for, uh, to a accomplish his purposes. So, uh, Jordan, if you want to come up here, I don't know the exact, the best way to do this, but if you could just kind of sit on this front pew that nobody ever sits on. Okay. <laughs> and if you know Jordan and, or uh, if you just want to come up, we're going to lay hands on him and just kind of commission him out and pray for him. Uh, so you guys can come on up and we'll pray for Jordan. So just to wrap up and to be, to be clear, this, this is not about us. This is not about Orchard Community Church. This is not about the people on the facility task force. This is, this is not about the, the people teaching your kids to worship Jesus downstairs right now. This is about Jesus. This is about his work in our lives. And this is about us learning. This is about us training how to live life his way. Because the people with the Feast of Booze, they were told to just celebrate this every single year. Whether your harvest was great or whether it was very, very scarce. Whether you felt like celebrating or not. Celebrate because God is faithful. And this is something that we must learn how to do together. Something that as we, as we studied Nehemiah, God was teaching me is in community life, every single part, every single person is part of that shaping process as much as you are a part of us today. You're shaping our tomorrow. So, so if this is day one, uh, then that's awesome. You know, as much as you're a part of us today, you're shaping our tomorrow. Uh, the investments that you make in your life today will shape, uh, will shape your tomorrow. So if God has you here, he has a role for you to play. And everyone, this is, this is God's plan, not Ben's plan. Everyone playing their part 
we will grow up into the fullness of Christ. So as we make progress towards God's vision for our lives, that's worth celebrating. And so here's how we're going to continue our celebration today. Um, we're going to have a group picture, <laughs> which if you're like, oh, no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I understand your concern, but, you know, in a group picture, we all look about this big. So, so don't worry about it if you didn't like your makeup or if you're not wearing your favorite shirt. Um, we're going to have a group picture outside. Uh, we'll follow Matt's lead. He's in the blue shirt. He's taking the picture. Uh, so we'll just get, grab your kids and we'll all go out to this side of the building and try to use the slope as a platform. Um, so we'll do that. And then we'll do some, I mean, it's training, but this is really, this is our plan to celebrate. We'll eat together and we'll play together. That's, that's the rest of the day. You can stay as long or as short as you want, but worship is more than just what happens in this room. We're going to continue worshiping as we eat and play. Um, and if, if, you, uh, if you're able, uh, look for ways to serve or look for ways to encourage people who are serving, whether that's with the food or setting up the inflatable. I think we'll need a few guys on that. Um, but sometimes serving is just playing with kids, you know, and sometimes serving is just talking to people or sitting down because the last thing they need in the kitchen is another set of hands. Um, and you can just sit down and pray. Uh, that's a really important way to serve. So, so that's our plan for the rest of the day. I'm, I'm going to pray for us now. Um, and we'll, uh, we, we can start eating once, once everything is ready. This will be the prayer for the meal. So God, thank you for being faithful. Um, the same God who led his people through the wilderness, uh, the same God who established this, this feast of booths to remind them, uh, you're the same God today who's faithful to us, and, and ultimately we know who you are because of Jesus and what he did, uh, coming to die, being raised back to life, so that we could have life, uh, so that we can know you and follow you. Uh, pray that we'd have a lot of fun today and uh, that we'd enjoy you through the food, through friendships, and through all the good things you've given. Uh, and ultimately, would you form in us a culture and, and a value system where you are our greatest good. You're our greatest treasure. We love you. Amen.